This podcast is brought to you by the Maryland State Library Agency. The MSLA podcast features presenters from statewide youth programs, as well as learning opportunities for library staff and resources for patrons of the Maryland State Library for the Blind and Print Disabled. Hi everyone, it's Ashley yet again here at LBPD for our guest hour for February, and I'm so excited to welcome back Kelly Slaughter. She is from the Federal Trade Commission Southwest region, and she is uh, serving as the Identity Theft Program Manager and is the new Collection Protection Group Coordinator. Prior to joining the FTC, Kelly was the Director of Investigations at the Better Business Bureau, serving North Central Texas as an investigator for the Texas Office of the Attorney General Consumer Protection Division. During her almost 20 years as an investigator, Kelly has initiated and conducted hundreds of consumer protection investigations, supported numerous enforcement actions, and get, has given presentations to customers, businesses, and law enforcement. Not only does she bring a healthy slate of experience and education, Kelly brings a great sense of humor and an authentic truth-telling to the table. And what I absolutely, absolutely love about having you with us is the fact that you are just so easy to talk to and, and get to uh, really get that information from. You know, sometimes when, especially when we're talking about really sensitive subjects like fraud and identity theft, people kind of, you know, want to give the facts and that's it. You're able to really kind of also bring a, a real personal touch. So I'm so excited to have you back. And of course, we have you back for Identity Theft Week. Yes. Thank you, Ashley, for allowing me to come back and to talk to you again and just bring the awareness of identity theft to everyone. Thank you so much for having me again. And you're wonderful to talk to as well. Very easy <laughs> to talk to. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. It must be all the practice I get with my dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, then that makes two of us because I have one that loves to hear me talk to her. <laughs> Well, my first major question is, what is Identity Theft Week? Identity Theft Awareness Week is an event that the Federal Trade Commission puts on annually, where we host a series of events where people can tune in to learn how to spot, to avoid, and to recover from identity theft. It is very much like National Consumer Protection Week, where we're letting people have more information to make their uh, protection of themselves be more robust and, and their efforts to be more committed. Isn't that perfect timing for the resolutions that we all have in place right now to go ahead and to put that into your mind so that you can resolve as well to be proactive in protecting yourself in the community? Well, that is a really good resolution. I know that, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a millennial, so I do everything online. And I know that my biggest fear is someone swiping my identity and opening up loans. That can happen. And that is a huge issue. Loans and credit cards. So we can't forget those uh, because we do receive those pre-approved credit card uh, letters in the mail saying, hey, just sign here and we'll send you this credit card at this ridiculous APR, right? Uh, it can happen if someone steals your identity, your social security number, your date of birth, your name, they can go ahead and pretend to be you in order to establish credit. In fact, I actually have to say that the reports of 
credit card fraud and loan fraud is always usually the highest uh, reported reports that we have from people about identity theft. If they count for more than 25% of the reports that we receive every year, and that's pretty consistent year after year. That's a pretty high number. Yes, but we forget sometimes that sensitive financial documents like your bills or tax documents show up in your mailbox. They can be lifted right along with those pre-approved credit advertisements that you, if we don't get to them first. Scammers are watching. They pick up that information. They can go right online, open new accounts in your name, or just sign up for that pre-approved credit card offer that you just received. Committed thieves also go through your trash and find the unshredded documents. Remember, we talked about that last time, the importance of shredding documents when you get them. Yeah, yeah. I've actually started, um, uh, we have a little fire pit. And thanks to our conversation, I have started burning. Oh, that's awesome. Some of my <laughs> some of my more sensitive documents that I don't need anymore. You know, spring cleaning. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, and yeah, yeah, shredding and burning. Now, um, with identity theft, you know, I just did a quick Google search on what identity theft is and isn't. People's bank accounts can get really messed up. So there's different kinds of identity theft. Absolutely. We on our website feature more than 30, but there's still more than that out there. And as times change and scammers become more sophisticated and they, they twist things a little bit more in order to be able to uh, manipulate people into sharing their personal information. We have to continue to look at it from different angles and remind you, hey, there's this new type of scam. There's this new type of identity theft. Because anything that identifies us is precious, is very valuable and extremely valuable for the scammer, just like you. So, you know, I know it's not just credit cards and loans. People can get um, open phone accounts in yes. your name, you know, not just steal your tax refund, but they can actually file for you. Yes, they can. They can. Um, they can buy things with your 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 regular credit cards. If you're on an unsecure site when you're purchasing something um, that you you know you really want, your credit card information can be stolen and used elsewhere, which is very it's very common. People report that very often to us that their credit card that they typically use has been used to purchase something that they didn't authorize. They can get new credit cards in your name. They can open up phone, electricity, gas accounts in your name, steal your tax refund. They can use your health insurance to get medical care. What do you mean? And then can you imagine when they pretend to be you when they're arrested and creating that that criminal record? Um, Even there have been times when a person has taken another person's social security number and name and sought and actually worked under that person's name and social security number, collecting an income for a period of time, which makes it look like you're collecting the income because it's under your social security number. And when you don't file your taxes for that, it appears that you owe all of this back, these back taxes. But there are a lot of people, unfortunately, who cannot, by legitimate means, use their own name and social security number in order to get certain employment, and they will use someone else's name to do it. How do these identity thieves get your information? It can happen in a number of ways. I think we discussed last time that, you know, things could be mailed to you that will have personal information on it. 
the importance of shredding. We, we stressed before. They can also, if we go on to unsecure websites and, that are not encrypted, which you can tell they're encrypted by the little lock that shows at the, at the top in the URL bar, or you may um, navigate to one that doesn't have the S at the, at the end of HTTP that will tell you that it's secure. There are a number of ways that can get it. It can even be a, you're a guest in your own home that might end up picking up your information, jotting down your social security number and going to use it. That actually happened to me. Wow, really? I was not happy about it. It was my ex-husband's uh, nephew that came to my house and uh, stole credit card information. And after we just we lavished this child with gifts and chose to use the credit card. And of course, when the charge almost went through, the credit card company contacted us because the, the purchases were very unusual for us. Mm-hmm. So thankfully, you know, a lot of people don't like the fact that Big Brother's watching. But in that particular aspect, I was very happy that Big Brother was watching because it was several hundred dollars of stuff that he was trying to purchase using our information. And 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 certainly it's not something that um, we want to experience because it takes so much time to recover from that. Thankfully, mine was caught before it happened, but other people have to go through layers and layers of steps in order to recover from identity theft when we can do some simple things up front to stop it from happening. Well, what can we do? Well, let's start with the uh, credit card uh, approval notices that we get in the mail that I was just talking to you about. Mm -hmm. Many people don't realize that the consumer credit reporting industry has created a way to opt out of receiving pre-approved or pre-screened offers. You can choose um, to to not receive calls from the credit card companies, emails, or letters for five years, simply call 1-888-5-OPT-OUT. That translates to 1-888-567-8688. Once you get your name on that list, it will stop those pre-approved letters from coming to your home. I've even seen where we've received in in, in the mail uh, uh, letters, those checks from loan companies saying, just sign here and you have $5,000 and then your loan interest rate is this. You can stop that from the beginning. So that thieves who are monitoring your mailbox or if you forget to shred something, can't go ahead and, and just sign off on those things because they won't exist. Can you repeat that phone number? Absolutely. It's 1-888-567-8688. Great. So- I get those pre-approved things. I'm I'm going to go ahead and call and opt out. And, you know, I'm, as you guys heard, I'm now burning, um, since I have a little fire pit, um, my sensitive documents that I no longer need. But what if someone doesn't have a shredder at home? What can they do to, you know, do they take a black marker and black out all their information? You know, what what can they do? Several things that people do as a custom. Some people let it all pile up and then they go to their local, um, some of the cities and some of the local BBBs will have shred day and they will take their items there and shred them. Or some people will take them and tear them up in tiny little pieces and 
separate the pieces into different trash cans or trash bags so they can't easily be put back together. Some people burn them like you do, which is awesome because you're also providing warmth for yourself while you're getting rid of the uh, things that could uh, potentially be harmful later. Others, uh, you could black it out, but also you have to look at the back of the paper. You, you can take a marker and do that, but if you look at the back of the paper, a lot of times you can still see um, numbers or information that was written there. So probably the better rule of thumb is, is that if a shredder's ripping it up into tiny little pieces like that, you also rip it up into tiny little pieces as well. You know, just, just a fun fact, you can um, purchase a, a very cheap shredder. I think the average price that I saw was um, $50. Um, for a decently working shredder and it just sits over top of a trash can. Yes, yes. And they're very, very convenient if you have one in your home. What other ways okay. can we protect ourselves? Well, another proactive way that you can protect yourself against identity theft, and it's also actually reactive um, if you happen to actually experience identity theft. And that's to either place a credit freeze or fraud alert on your credit. Fraud alerts and credit freezes can be used to help you to avoid and recover um, from identity theft. So keep that in mind. They sound alike, but they work a little differently. So starting with a fraud alert, a fraud alert actually tells businesses to check with you before they open new accounts in your name. And usually that means that they will call you first in order to make sure that the person trying to open a new account is really you. Unlike a credit freeze, a fraud alert, it doesn't limit access to your credit report, but by placing a fraud alert, you want to contact each of the three credit bureaus, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax. Uh, place the fraud alert there, and it's free. It lasts for a year, and you can renew it. It's very simple to do, but it does not actually limit access to your credit report. It just makes the businesses check with you first. A credit freeze is the best way uh, to protect yourself against identity thief opening new accounts in your name because a credit freeze means that potential creditors can't access your credit report. You would have to remove the credit freeze in order to allow your credit to be checked. Because Let's face it, businesses are not going to open up a, a, a credit account in your name if they can't check your credit. So this is the best way to do it. It's uh, free to place it. It's free to remove it. It doesn't expire. You can place it in place for children as well as incapacitated adults. And the credit freeze doesn't affect your credit score. So don't worry about that. You still have the ability to use your existing credit cards. You can still apply for a job. You can still rent an apartment, buy insurance, whatever you need to do. It's just when you're applying for credit, you want to inquire of the business, which credit bureau are you going to be checking? You, re you remove the credit freeze at that particular credit bureau by making a simple phone call to them. They will remove it. Once they've done the credit check, you put it back in place and you're good to go. Why would you put a credit freeze on a child? Oh, my goodness. A child's credit is ripe fruit for a scammer. We were just talking about someone who might need a name and social security number in order to work because they can't work legally or, or have issues with getting a job in a particular profession. Children's credit is ripe for the picking because nobody's going to check it for many years to come. 
Once they do check it though, and they find that they have all of these accounts open and they have all of these, um, these, uh, um, this debt built up in the child's name, the child has to go through all of these steps of, of trying to recover from that because these accounts have been done, loans have been made in their names, cars have been purchased, whatever the situation is. Um, but yes, we need to make sure that we protect the children because their information is ripe for the picking because we don't check it for long periods of time. And that's because somebody has gotten a hold of the child's social security number and name and address. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you're dealing with people who are asking for a social security number for your child, ask them, is there something else that I can give you? You'll be surprised at how many of them will take a report card or might take, you know, uh, another form of identity to show that the child is the age that they say that they are or, you know, who they say that they are. It's very important that you protect and really determine who needs to have that social security number. Speaking of social security numbers, how do how do these identity thieves get a hold of them? You know, I know that I keep my social security card locked up tight and I don't put it into the any internet thing. Mm -hmm. How do how do people get a hold of them? Well, let's look at our current environment because one of the uh, top things that we're seeing that are that are growing are job scams. And scammers, you know, they they we've talked about this before that they will pretend to be the government, they will pretend to be utility companies, they'll pretend to be any company that they think so think of, but they also pretend to be companies that offer employment. And with the, the state of our economy right now, a lot of people are out looking for jobs, extra jobs or, or you know, a job period because they just need one. Be aware that scammers are looking for you at the same time. They will advertise jobs and business opportunities online, in ads, on job sites and social media. They'll make the job look really, really, really attractive, like promising you high earnings and you only have to do a little work. They could tell you even that you can start your own business easily and make money right away. But when you start going into it, the first thing they wanna do is get your information, like your social security number before you even hire. Or they want to get you get an upfront payment. At the end of the day, you want to make sure that you're actually dealing with a real company in order to be hired and not just sharing your social security number for that I-9 verification that they will claim they need before they even give you the job. And, and that could really affect the, the uh, disabled community because a lot of people who are who have disabilities are unemployed or underemployed looking for work. Yes. Wow. Yes. If a company asks for sensitive information, like your social security number before they hire you, or they say they need to you, you know, to make an upfront payment, it's probably a scam. Okay. And if you feel pressured to share your personal sensitive information before you're hired, just stop, disconnect the call or, you know, the, the communication and go and do your research. They will pose to be a scammer. They, they, scammers will pose to be an employer. They'll ask you to go ahead and send money. They'll ask you to share your bank account information so they can set up your direct deposit. And there may not even be a job there. By the time they get a hold of that information, they could clean out your bank account or they could be using your social security number to open up other accounts or do other nefarious things. 
So you wanna make sure that you're not sharing personal information with them. Um, up front, look for the red flags. So it goes back to understanding what scamming is and, and things like that, which by the way, a shout out to the previous podcast <laughs> um, about fraud. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, to stay up to date on it, I, I know that there's a lot, it, it, there's a lot coming in that I see every day. And there's a lot that has to go out to you every day to let you know what scammers are up to now. Because think about it, this is their job 24 seven, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> we all have all of these other things going on at the same time that we're trying to do because we're trying to live the, you know, um, abstaining citizen uh, life. So at the end of the day, you wanna make sure that you stay up to date on them. We do send out all of this information directly to your email in our blogs to let you know what the latest trends are, what the latest red flags are so that you can make sure to stay up to date with what is happening. If there's a twist in the game, such as um, currently we're dealing with um, an increase in complaints and in, in reports that people are receiving these text messages from the IRS saying, hey, you have a tax rebate, click here. Enter in your, you know, your social security number. This is another scammer. The IRS would not do that. This is why we put on the events. This is why we send out the blogs to let you know this is what you look out for. So please take a moment, go to ftc.gov and sign up for the blog so they can come directly to your email box and then, you know, use your technology to, you know, read it out to you so you can know and stay up to date on what's happening as well. We have multiple events that are happening this week. We have over 14 events that are listed um, as taking place for Identity Theft Awareness Week. Go to ftc.gov slash idtheftweek and take a look at what is available, what you're interested in. We have podcasts, we have webinars, we have lunch and learns. Just pop in and listen to whatever it is that fits you. We have something for every walk of life, including in Spanish and in English. You, you're able to tune in and learn more because there's so much to know. So just pretending here, let's say that my, my identity was stolen. What's the next step? What do I do now? Well, the first step you want to do is go to identitytheft.gov. It's here to help you recover. That's the FTC's one-stop interactive website that's based on the idea that recovering from identity theft is easier with the plan. And in a nutshell, it really is. It really, truly is. This website will give you step-by-step -step guidance on how to recover from identity theft. So if your information, such as your social security number, was stolen and you clicked on that button on the identitytheft.gov, it will help you walk through the steps that you need, all of the people you need to contact, all that you need to do. It will create your identity theft report that you will need in order to submit to your um, institutions, your banking institutions, or any others who, who, are, um, who need to be aware that you have um, this identity theft concern. As well, um, it will it make it will it will help you by producing pre-filled letters for you to be able to send out to those debt collectors that might be calling you for something or others who may need to know about the identity theft. Now, um, the website is really really easy to use. 
But sometimes people prefer to talk to a human being or people want to um, get a little bit more help, get a little bit more understanding. We're here to help. You can call us at 1-877-438-4338 in order to help you with a little bit more assistance. I totally understand if it becomes a little uh, difficult to understand, but the website is super easy. Sometimes we just want a little bit more support and we're there for that. And people can check their credit reports and... Yes, let's talk about credit reports real quick because credit reports, checking your credit report is one of the most important steps that anyone can take to protect themselves against identity theft. By law, each of the national credit bureaus, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion, have to give you a free copy of your credit report. And normally, you will get these once a year, but because, um, well, when the onset of the pandemic, it was expanded that now you can get your credit report from each of these three credit bureaus every week for free through December 2023. You simply go to annualcreditreport.com. Each of the credit bureaus might have slightly different information, so it is totally worth checking all three credit reports. But you don't have to stagger them. You can get them all at once. You can stagger them if you want to, but check it often. You want to make sure that there are no signs of identity theft, such as an incorrect name, address, or social security number, accounts you don't recognize. Balances are amounts that are owed that you don't recognize on your, or, or balances on your current accounts that you that shouldn't be that high. Um, oh, if there's a lot of credit inquiries from companies that you didn't contact, that means that someone could be shopping for credit in your name. Now, keep in mind that any of these may simply be a mistake, but it can also be a warning of identity theft. So once you reviewed your credit reports, and you can go to identitytheft.gov for this as well to show to, to learn how to do this. But once you've reviewed the credit reports, if there are some mistakes, you want to fix them. So go to ftc.gov slash credit, and it'll walk you through how to fix those mistakes on your credit report. Or you can go to identitytheft.gov if you discover that you actually have um, had your identity compromised and there are some accounts on there that do not belong to you. What about identity theft insurance? Identity theft insurance is, it's reactive. I'm telling you about resources that are proactive. Identity theft insurance is also not free. I'm telling you about things that are free. Gotcha. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I can't say that credit monitoring, credit insurance is a bad thing. No, we, we, we're not going to say that because it is helpful for some folks. But if you take these other steps in the beginning that are free, you may never need to use that insurance. Gotcha. Because, you know, you see it advertised all the, on, all the time, LifeLock by Norton. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I've had it set up on um, the AAA. My AAA mm -hmm. has a, even mm -hmm. though I'm not a member of AAA, they still check my. <laughs> it's all yes, checked. absolutely. Covered but of it. And all of those are reactive to the scammer just opened up something in your name. You should go do something about it. Well, where are you going to go? Identitytheft.gov. Well, before you even get to identitytheft.gov, go ahead and place a credit freeze. So you don't have that opportunity. So the scammer doesn't have that opportunity to even open the account in the first place. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So some of the things that, um, so being proactive about 
uh, your identity and identity theft can really save you money in the long run. Yes, definitely. And time, because nobody wants to have to go through all of those steps to recover. We make it a lot easier by using identitytheft.gov, but if you went through it on your own without that that step-by-step guidance, it can be a very tedious and overwhelming process. And already you're in an emotional state that someone is using your name and your social security number. So, you know, I've gone to identitytheft.gov. I've started working the plan. What are some common things that people do to um, recover from from identity theft? What are some of the things that, uh, you know, do they... Do they have to shut down all their credit cards and get new credit cards? Do they, you know, what do they do? Right. If we're talking about uh, a scammer using your credit card, your existing credit card, yes, that is a very important step. One of the steps that you will be told is to contact your credit card company and close that account, let them know, report the fraud to them. You could send in your identity theft report to them so that they will have the information they need in order to shut down that that particular account and open up a new account number for you if you decide to continue with that uh, credit card. If it was a brand new account that you never opened in in the first place, that report, the identity theft report that you get from identitytheft.gov is also helpful. We're proving up that you had your information stolen, you didn't open this account, and then their fraud department can go ahead and go through the steps of closing down that account. If your bank account number was compromised, it will work fairly the same way. You present that report to them, they're able to go in and take care of that information for you. Now, If you're dealing with something a little different, say like your um, medical insurance, there are are different steps that you may have to take there in contacting your provider, contacting the insurance company and such. But step-by-step, whatever the situation is, when you get to the website, you select what your issue is. Is it a tax problem? Is it a, um, a, a credit card issue? Is it a utility bill issue? And it we walk through and give you all of the steps that you need to, to do in order to recover from the, um, the compromise of your identity. This is a lot of information. It is a lot to take in. <laughs> we, that's why we try to simplify it for you <laughs> at our website. And we take the time to you know, have these events available all during this week so we can just load your mind up and say, hey, make this part of your resolution that you resolve to protect yourself in 2023. So um, I'm on the FTC website now. Mm-hmm. And it is very easy to use. It's um, it's definitely 508 compliant. I got to say, love that. Um, it's, uh, you know, there's actually a, if you just type in identity theft FTC, it's a pre-searched filter that comes up with um, all these consumer alerts and articles um, that you can click on. Um, everything from, you know, uh, you got an email saying your personal information is for sale on the dark web. Um, you know, who's minding your business? The FTC wants you to um, comment on commercial surveillance and data security, things like that. And uh, dang, it's, it's, it's kind of packaged like, here's this end, it's got a PDF download for every web page, which is really cool. Yes. Um, So you can print it off if, if you are um, needing it on the run, you can print it off and take it with you. 
Right. And our information is not copyrighted on our website. So you can print it off, put your logo on it, and then hand it out as your newsletter. We're not going to stop you. We just want the information out there. So please, if you're, you know, over a class, if you're, you know, in a community where you're part of an organization and you see something that is relative to them, print it off and put your name on it like you're the author. We're not mad at you. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, just so much, so much going on with con- uh, consumer alerts and and things like that. There really is a lot. Um, I know that I get the consumer alert emails from FTC and from the Consumer Protection Bureau. Yes. So uh, I'm I'm double covered. Yes, and you are. <laughs> that's actually how I made sh- how I found you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you found us, and we're happy to come and talk to you anytime. Um, If we have some small business owners who are tuned in, we also have um, a blog that comes out for business owners because scammers do target business owners because they know that they're collecting personal information for their consumers, their customers, their and their employees and such. If you um, if you go to uh, FTC.gov, you're able to sign up for the business alerts as well. So you'll be able to receive those and know what kind of trends we're seeing and what the thieves are trying to do with uh, businesses and companies. Again, so much information, but all summarized so beautifully by you. So nicely packaged on the website to make it easy to find. Yes. Well, are there any closing thoughts that you have? The closing thoughts that I have today are, well, first of all, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this important information. I really, really encourage you to go to identity theft, excuse me, go to ftc.gov slash ID theft week to check out the other events that are occurring this week so that you can stay in the know. We have something for every age because identity theft truly is universal. We have um, some podcasts with college students, giving college students some information about um, identity theft. We have a tax day that's coming up and uh, day after tomorrow. I think our small business is tomorrow um, uh, that will be broadcast tomorrow. Please just take a look at that website. Tune in. A lot of it is recorded so you can watch it at your leisure at a different time or you can watch it live as it's happening. We just hope that you will get the information that you need. And if you don't, here, what it is that you have a question about, be sure to pick up the phone, call us, or go to our website. Identitytheft.gov covers a lot of that. If you prefer to use the phone number, again, it is um, 1-877-438-4338. Can you repeat that one more time a little slower? Sure. 1-877-438-4338. Wonderful. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for being with us for another LBPD guest hour. We can't wait to have you back in the future. Thank you, Ashley. I appreciate it. And I look forward to coming back. Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that that wraps up this particular hour. We're going to go ahead and say goodbye. And I hope you have a great week. This has been a presentation of the Maryland State Library Agency. For links to additional resources provided by today's presenter, please visit the show notes. For more information on MSLA or the Maryland State Library for the Blind and Print Disabled, visit MarylandLibraries.org.